Welcome to Direct Impact, where we discuss the various ways our mental health and quality of life intersect. I'm your host, Andrea Epstein, licensed professional counselor, master's addictions counselor, and certified sex therapist. Think of our time together as focused self-reflection mixed with insight, passion, and empowerment. Now, take a deep breath. Now let's dive in and see what impacts you today. Hello, Direct Impact Nation. This is Andrea Epteen, your host. Thanks for being with us today. We are talking about potential pitfalls. If you are early in a recovery process, and we know that recovery is an essential part of our overall self-discovery process and loving on that little authentic self inside of us, that beautiful person inside of us that we were built for, made to be, and we're finding them and leaning into them. But part of that usually requires, or probably every time, requires a recovery process. So if you are diving into that, if you've already established an unwanted behavior that you are going to work on and start making movement towards more life-giving practices, then it's very important that you become (laughs) not hyper-aware, not hypersensitive, not hyper-focused, but aware and willing to notice stumbling blocks, okay? So part of recovery is planning for successful recovery. So, you know, we've got a P2R journal out there and it's, that's the concept is let's plan to recover. Let's make some really healthy plans and not just healthy or part of healthy is making it very attainable. Okay. And part of it is about self-love, self-compassion, self-respect. And, you know, not just being like, I'm going to do it and I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps and all of that mumbo jumbo that never works. This is a process, but we have to plan for the struggle. And that's what we're doing today. We're talking about potential potential pitfalls. Not all of them are guaranteed, but to some degree, it's just important to be mindful of. The first one I want to talk about is, and and by the way, this is not a all encompassing, (laughs) you know, process. I'm just naming a few of the things that you are going to want to be very mindful of in the first 30, probably to 120 days of a recovery process, which is a process. Okay. It's not something that's overnight by any means. The first thing I wanted to name was overconfidence. Okay, so overconfidence, what does it look like when you're experiencing it? What are some of the, you know, voices that you're going to hear in your head when you're starting to fall into a state of overconfidence? And it sounds something like this. I got this. I'm okay now. Like, I mean, I've gone a week, so clearly it's not a problem. I don't need those meetings. What are those meetings about? I don't need to go to my plan to recover meetings and talk about, you know, my wins and my struggles. Like, I don't need that. Well, that's overconfidence because these things are put in place to offer support based on what we know about the brain what we know about neurobiology, what we know about the recovery process, what we know about disease, okay? And so when you start thinking like that, it is not rooted or grounded in reality at all, okay? There's absolutely no benefit from that overconfident thinking. So just be mindful of overconfidence. Be also mindful of the second one that I want to point out this week, which is self-pity, Self-pity is, it's natural, especially when you're taking out 
a behavior that even though it's wreaking havoc on your life um, and it's not life giving, but life taking, even though it's caused consequences, it has worked to calm your central nervous system for a very, very long time. So when you take it out, it's you're gonna start to experience anxiety and things like that. And you're going to go through a grief and loss process very naturally, like we are going to mourn, we are going to grieve the loss of that one thing that we have learned very instinctually and quickly and impulsively to cling to in times of distress. Okay, expect that give yourself compassion, but notice self pity. Self pity sounds a little bit like this. Why can other people drink in moderation? (laughs) That I mean, that's a tough thing. I mean, that's sadness. It's why can other people look at a little bit of porn? Why can other, you know, all of these questions, and it's, it's sad, you know, because you look at other people, whether they're doing it successfully or not, we don't know. (laughs) We don't know what goes on inside people's lives. But when you're in this early recovery process, you definitely have, you're very susceptible to compare and despair. You're very susceptible to self-pity that says, I'm never going to get this, all, all of these, all of these things. So when you are noticing it, and I do, as you know, recommend a daily journaling practice. And so you're going to note it. You're going to notice when it's coming up. You're going to note overconfidence. You're going to note self-pity. And you'll register it because like those are the thoughts that come up. Those are the triggers. Another one I just want to mention is entitlement. Entitlement, oh my goodness, guys, so important. It is always a slippery slope back to unwanted behaviors. So entitlement, it sounds like I deserve this because I work so hard. (laughs) I just, I mean, I really, I've earned this. I deserve it. But if you play the tape all the way through, what you're really saying is you deserve to continue to harm yourself. You deserve to continue to feel all of that intense shame afterwards. You deserve to continue to practice self-hate. You know, like it's not rooted or grounded in reality. So on this podcast, I want to challenge it. Okay, so if you start to notice, you know, entitlement, you know, it's, it's important because any of these things, overconfidence, self-pity, entitlement, blame, terminal uniqueness, <laughs> all of these things are a relapse. You are in a relapse in your thinking. You are in an emotional and cognitive relapse. Even if you haven't yet engaged in that unwanted behavior, you're on your way. That's why we want to identify these potential pitfalls so you don't have to actually partake in an unwanted behavior before you catch it. Okay? Very important. Listen up, Direct Impact Nation. You know how important routine, structure, consistency, and accountability is on the road to recovery and personal discovery. Well, I have developed the perfect companion for you on your journey. My plan to recover journal is thoughtfully and specifically designed for the person looking to achieve long-term success in recovery while gaining personal insight, awareness, emotional intelligence, and spiritual integrity. The plan to recover journal will help you stay recovery-minded, practice your priorities, and build a healthy relationship with self and others 12 hours at a time. To preview and pre-order your copy today, visit www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash journal. 
That's www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash journal. And don't forget to get a PTR journal for a friend on their journey too. Direct Impact Nation will save 15% when you use the promo code IMPACT. That's promo code I-M-P-A-C-T. With the purchase of your PTR journal, you will become part of an exclusive community dedicated to recovery and self-discovery. Visit www.lightninginabottle.biz and let us take you from want to to willing and from willing to healing. So I mentioned blame. What does blame sound like? Mm, If my spouse would just give me more, I wouldn't look at porn so often. So if my spouse would just, you know, give me more sex, well, that's blame. It's not rooted in reality at all. It's an excuse to continue acting out. But these things are inevitable. So yes, practice self-compassion. You are going to want to blame others because you have an intense need to act out despite the consequences. So yes, there's that tendency to rationalize that away so that you can participate in the behavior that decreases that anxiety. Okay, yes, be compassionate, but be willing to look at these things as they come out because they are going to, and it's a slippery slope. The other one is what I call terminal uniqueness. Okay, Um, this is huge. And it especially comes up, I think, for people who are dipping their toe in recovery communities like the plan to recover community into a 12 step program, into a process group. Terminal uniqueness comes up quite often. And it sounds like this in your head. My situation is different. I don't think I belong here. I don't think you understand what I really need. (laughs) I don't think you're hearing me, you know, things like that. And so it's just as important to be mindful, pay attention to that. The other one that comes up in early recovery, again, we're looking at the first 30 days to 120 days of a recovery process where you're trying to abstain from an unwanted behavior. The next thing is pink cloud. And pink cloud sounds like this. I feel really great already. This recovery thing is easy. (laughs) Wow, if I had known how good this felt, I would have stopped a year ago. Yes, like the pink cloud happens initially. And it's like, wow, I love this. But guess what? Something is going to happen where you're going to crave and have urges for and be very triggered to go back into those old behaviors that have immediate result. So be mindful of that pink cloud. It's like, wow, I've got, you know, it's, it's kind of akin, if you will, to overconfidence. You know, it can kind of sound like, you know, I got this. I'm good. But it's a little bit different, the pink cloud, because it's like, wow, you know, you start to feel like, oh, my God, this recovery thing is amazing. Like, I'm doing this recovery thing so well. Like, I should be a recovery guru. And you're like 30 days in. So <laughs> be mindful of that. Codependency. I talk a lot about codependency and it's huge. You know, we talked uh, last week about distancing ourselves from and setting boundaries with and distancing ourselves from things that will inevitably lead back into acting out behaviors. And codependency is huge. So setting boundaries with people, with places and things is imperative. And codependency really requires setting boundaries with people. And so what that might sound like in early recovery is, I know this is important, but I just need to focus on my aging parent. I know that my recovery is important, but my child really needs me right now. I know 
that my recovery is important, but, you know, my spouse has a real addiction that needs attention right now, <laughs> you know, and so it's, it's minimizing, it's rationalizing, and it's that codependency that says, if I'm not focusing my energy on someone else, then I have to pay attention to my own needs, and that's uncomfortable, okay? Recognize codependency. Another thing is self-hate self-loathing might sound something like, um, it's not worth the effort. I'm always going to be broken no matter what. I'm never going to feel better. It's always going to be this way. Nobody can help me. I think I'm just, you know, perpetually and consistently flawed and defective as a human being. It sounds like also self-victimization, self-pity. So these are very closely related, but self-hate is something that you will often notice because you're acting it out in other behaviors. Maybe not the one you've identified, but it's coming out in another unwanted behavior. So be mindful of that. Um, we've kind of mentioned both denial and rationalization and minimization and some other defense mechanisms that might happen in early recovery, but I just want to point out what it might sound like in your head. And so it might sound like, uh, I can just have a little bit, you know, what, what's one going to matter? You know, what's like <laughs> one bite of cake going to matter? <laughs> in reality, when you're looking at your central nervous system, when you're looking neurobiologically, when you're looking physiologically, when you are looking at your body, and it, it matters a lot. <laughs> it does. It really matters. And it sets in motion a lot of things that put you in a very vulnerable situation. But that denial and that rationalization is just the addiction and that old behavior showing up to say, it's okay, just a little bit. So be mindful. It might also sound like, I don't know, I just, I just want to do it. You know, I just want to do it. <laughs> You know, and things like that. Like if I were just, you know, if it were just legal, there'd be no issue. So that's denial. That's rationalization. That's not true at all. It's not grounded in reality. Okay. So by the way, <laughs> all of the above are absolute BS. And that's why I'm bringing it to your attention and into your awareness because it's going to come up. That type of irrational thought process is inevitable. And I just want you to avoid and set boundaries right now so that when the potential pitfalls come up, you've already got a solution in place. All right. So again, if this episode was helpful to you in any way, if you got one little gold nugget, if one little light bulb went off in your head, if you earned that extra brain wrinkle, like we said, please share this podcast with somebody who needs to hear it today and you be part of making a direct impact. Thanks so much, guys. Bye-bye. Does anyone else feel like they just earned an extra brain wrinkle? Do you feel like that went by way too fast and just cannot wait till the next episode? Then leave a review and share this episode with a friend, a loved one, a coworker, or whomever, because your valued feedback makes a direct impact. Thank you for dropping in snaps to you because you have made a direct impact by listening to this podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media and stay tuned every week for a new episode of Direct Impact with Andrea Epstein.